This is Professor Allen, and welcome to the Quarter Bin. In every episode of this podcast, I will summarize, criticize, discuss, and review a single issue from my comic book collection, which I will select this year based on the calendar. Any book for my comic book collection is eligible as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for it. Was the issue worth 25 cents? Was it a bargain at 25 cents? Or was it still overpriced? Stay tuned and find out. For this 179th episode of the Quarterbin Podcast, in celebration of hashtag Romance Comics Month, we are looking at the Vision and Scarlet Witch number one from the 12 issue limited series from Marvel Comics cover dated October 1985. And just to clarify, this is not the four issue series from 1982 because I've already covered that entire miniseries all the way back on episodes 81 and 82 from more than five and a half years ago. Those episodes can be found on the Quarter Bin Classics podcast feed. But first, a little feedback. One of my all-time favorite tweets came out recently from the Between the Pages blog. You know that you tweet with Professor Allen too much when you go to text quarantine and it autocorrects to quarter bin. <laughs> yes, those are the risks. Those are the risks. And then, uh, specifically, on to uh, what we covered last episode for Sci-Fi Comics Month, Eternity Smith. Uh, Sir Luke, one of our co-listeners of the year, responded to the episode by wishing us all a happy Sci-Fi Comics Month. Sir Manuel Carmona from Buy Indie Comics Day wrote in on that issue as well. First off, when I heard the name Eternity Smith, I thought it was really goofy. But I have to be honest, after you read and reviewed the book, it kind of grew on me. His daughter's name, on the other hand, well, they came from the future, I guess, so... <laughs> you know, Manuel, in listening back to that episode, I realized that I was inconsistent in how I said the daughter's name. It is Skylark, with a K at the end, but it seemed like, I don't know, a quarter, a third of the time, I said Skylar, which I guess I did just because I've heard the name Skylar before, and I couldn't get my mouth to say Skylark every single time. So, my bad on that. Uh, back to Manuel. The story, it is what it is. Superhero punch-ups with evildoers plotting to hurt innocent people and take over the world. Standard superhero comic book stuff. Except for what happened in the second story that we're not going to talk about because creepy. I have to say, overall, I like the stories as you told them way more than I thought I would. and. I have to thank you for a few things. One, first, reviewing this indie book and putting it on my radar. I'm trying to collect as many independent comic books 
as I possibly can. And of course, thank you for the shout-out. It means a lot. Great episode as always, Professor. Thank you, Manuel. I appreciate your feedback, and I'm certainly glad you enjoyed the episode. That is a risk that we run here at the Quarterman in selecting some obscure titles at times. You never know how people are going to respond to you talking about a comic book that not only have they not read that specific issue, but the entire concept, the character, the title, they've never heard of before. It is a little risky. (laughs) Thank you, Manuel. Billy D. for Magazines and Monsters said it was a good episode, but that second story, yikes! Billy, we are not talking about that. (laughs) Max from the Weird Warriors podcast retweeted the episode with the caption, Spend a strange eternity at Comic-Con. And Rob Myers from Everyone Loves the Drake and his new music podcast, the Kiss podcast right between the eyes, responded to Max with some very kind comments about this network and the podcast. Thank you, Rob. And Sir Dr. Ange wrote in, although he admitted to not having a lot to say about, you know, the comic which is fair, as I said, it's extremely obscure. He did admit to being tempted at a similar age into branching into independent sci-fi comics. For me, it was American flag for the win. But I do have a lot to say about cons. Like you, Professor, my first cons were more like trade shows, usually at a Howard Johnson motel. It was at one of these where I learned about back issues. I never thought in my mind that you could get older comics. I just assumed they left the newsstand and got pulped. How odd to think that way these days. Real conventions are a recent phenomenon for me. When I moved to the Boston area, I suddenly had access to smaller cons in Boston, usually with one or two creators, nearby New Hampshire and even ones in Rhode Island. Boston Comic-Con and Terrificon in Connecticut grew in size and in prominence. I went to as many as I could. I love shows big or small just to meet creators I love, hang with friends I know, and even shop. They really are joyous to me. And yes, there usually are cheap books too. Hope to see you in person at one of those. Hope to see you in person at one of these one-day prof. Yes, Doc, speaking for all the Middletons, all three of us, we'd love to meet you as well. One of the many heartbreaks of COVID was the cancellation of Trificon 2020, which myself and M and Mrs. Quarterbin were all planning to go to as part of a larger family trip to the Northeast, to the New England area. Ange, Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, Mark Sweeney, Jeremiah, the notorious JJG. There were a bunch of folk we would have loved to have met on that trip, but no such luck. But like Anne said, hopefully one day. A day later, on the topic of cheap comics, the doctor also tweeted out his best cheap comic find from a con. For 20 cents at Plastic City Comic Con, 
the Marvel Super Special Blade Runner collection. 20 cents! And that is why you're the man. Social media love for that last episode came from Monkey7771, Tim Price, the Podcrasher, Chris Bailey, the Charlton Hero, the Sutherlands, the Telltale Mind, the Star Rocket Radio Podcast, Chris Lydon 7, Clinton from Fan Film Fridays, Kirk Spencer, Big Five Army, Ed from Teal Productions, Chris Willette, Karen from Between the Pages, James from Karen, Vic and Phoenix, Ruth and Darren from Trick or Talk and Warlord Worlds and Zero Graphic Xylophones and many other cool podcasts, Herman from Into the Weird, Dave's Comic Heroes blog, Geek to Me Radio, Digression Girl, Will Hughes, Mark Radulich, Old School Ross, Trevor Owen Williams, Keith G. Baker, and Ranger Gord from Prayer and Justice to Greg Saunders' Vigilante podcast. Thank you all, friends. Let's take a break here, and when we get back, we'll talk about Vision and Scarlet Witch number one. And I will not be alone. He's the grand old man of Marvel. Stan Lee was involved in the creation of some of the world's favorite comics characters, like Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk. But he didn't create them on his own. Artists like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko were also instrumental in the creation of these characters, but many fans of the Marvel movies don't even know their names. Did Stan take too much credit by design? Or was he just given the credit because he's more media friendly? Millions of words have been written about Lee, both to praise him and disparage him. What are the books about Lee that you should read? On Deconstructing Comics, we're going to screen the books about Lee so you don't have to. Join us, True Believer, as we read as many books about Stan Lee as we can stand and compare them to each other. Find Deconstructing Comics in your favorite podcast app, Excelsior. And we're back. And by we, I don't just mean myself and my stack of Harlequin romance novels. For I've been joined by a guest, a relationship expert, as long as we're talking about fictional relationships, at least. It's the warrior queen of shipping specials, Miss Stella Bowman. Thank you. I'm always surprised and gratified when people invite me on to talk about shipping. So I'm glad that I've cultivated this reputation that I know all about the shipping. Think about it. You could have a reputation for knowing about love and romance and relationships. Yep. Or you could have a reputation for being, you know, a cheapskate <laughs> oh, who yeah. doesn't like to spend money. I mean, wh- no. which um, I'm not even going to ask which is better. But <laughs> the, the audience uh, is with me on this one. I don't think so. But tell me about your love of shipping, how it started, how it developed, I and just why. Love. Why do you love love? Yeah, I don't so know. So much. <laughs> I don't honestly know where where it started well actually maybe 
where it started was Justice League, the animated series. And in particular, the Green Lantern, John Stewart, and Hawkgirl relationship, because I think that was certainly as I was getting growing up adolescent wise and understanding relationships a bit more and getting a sense of those sorts of things. And once they finally got together, I remember having such butterflies in my tummy. I was like, Oh, this is so amazing. And then go, you know, going from there, seeking out fan fiction, like what else can I find from, from these people? Mm -hmm. And Mm I guess it carried over in my real life too, where I was like starting to ship people that I was in class with. Like, I I think he likes you and giving reasons for that, which of course carried over into teaching where I would ship openly ship my students together. But from there, yeah, it's, I don't do it insanely or extremely where if there are these two people that obviously shouldn't be long together, but are like fan, you know, fan based, I don't necessarily go that way, but if there are hints and there's evidence of it and I have a good feeling about it, then I'm all on board the shipping, but yeah, I just, it adds something. I think it adds a a special dimension to what you're reading. There doesn't always Mm -hmm. have to be shipping in something like right now with the current back rolls run, I was talking with my, my other professor friend, Carolyn Coca, that, you know, I'd be fine if there wasn't shipping in that book because it's just mm-hmm. focusing on these strong females. So it doesn't have to be there, but for me, it's just something that I like. And, and I like encouraging those, those couples and, and having favorite couples and things like that. And so Dick and Babs is probably my number one couple, but you know, Spider-Man and Mary Jane, that's another one just because I grew up with Spider-Man. So it's been with me. I think if I ever stop shipping, there's clearly something wrong with me. <laughs> so I hope that people look out for that. But yeah, I'm I'm all about it. As an expert in this field, mm-hmm. I do wanna I do wanna just test, have a couple questions for you. Oh no. Just to test you. I mean, no, it's really just so you can demonstrate your bona fides in this field. And to give our listeners a chance to get to know your particular pa- tastes a little bit better. <laughs> so we can know Stella okay. a little bit better. So first, just a yes, no question. Is it true that you are such an expert at shipping that your nickname is UPS? Oh, it is not true. I'm afraid. My nickname <sighs> is Moose. Be. Yeah. You should consider UPS. I don't know. There could be some dangerous associations with that, hmm, maybe. I don't see. know. Uh, unassailable. <laughs> professional shipper UBS. Yeah. yes so no quick just multiple choice just to sort of again just set you know <laughs> set the level see where you're coming from yeah superman otp lois lane lana lang Lori lamars wow pulling out the Lori. <laughs> is that for michael <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say the answer is c Lori Lamaris because of mermaids. Oh, yeah, I know. And And podcasting's Michael Bailey understands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I at least knew who she was too. I would say Lois. Mm. Now, I'm a big fan of Smallville, but Mm. once he was with, wow, once he Mm. was with Lois, uh, you know what? If you have Dr. Doom and Sue on this multiple choice, I'm going to have to reach through this camera. Okay, now let's just move over to Marvel. Okay. Okay. Sue Storm, <laughs> Namor, Reed Richards, Dr. Doom. Come on, this one's obvious. Now, I have to say, I talked about this with you when you were on my show. 
that there is a scene in Civil War after she leaves Reed and goes to see Namor, like in his domain. Oh, yeah. And there was like a really sensual moment there that I did get the butterflies, which I did not expect. So your answer is Dr. Doom. Gotcha. <laughs> it, it will never be Dr. Doom. I think I'll probably okay, still yeah. say Reed, but mm, maybe a, I'd be okay. He's, he's not a good husband. I hear. Well, okay, I'm yeah, just throwing I mean, that out to you. I guess Civil War points it out because she left him during that. So. Okay, well, let's just switch back over to DC. Your primary okay. fandom, we mentioned her, Barbara Gordon, oh, OTP, yeah. Jason yep. Bard, Luke uh-huh. Fox, Dr. Doom. Wow. Or, or, I mean, I guess you could go off the board. But I couldn't think of anyone else it would be. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be Luke Fox. Wait, okay. did you say Jason Bard? Well, yeah. Oh, then I'll go with Jason Bard. Okay. Good. For some reason, you said that in my mind. I thought Jason Todd. No. <laughs> yeah, I would go with Jason Bard. Okay. But pre New 52, Jason Bard, like the classic. Yeah. Let's see, it wouldn't be Dick Grayson. If we, if we, we would go to. that way, but you didn't mm, give me that option. No, I don't think so. Cause that's Starfire's boyfriend. That's kind of awkward. Yeah. I <laughs> want to leave this conversation right now. <laughs> <sighs> okay okay this is let us move on just one more question it's at uh-huh. the game it's a game we like to play here i call it smooch marry and kill okay okay so in the spirit of this issue of the love yeah. between scarlet witch and the vision i'm mm-hmm. going to give you three android or you know, robotic cybernetic characters okay which one you would smooch mm-hmm. which one you'd marry and which one you'd kill Okay. Red Tornado, mm-hmm. Ultron, Dr. Doom. Okay, I'm going to kill off Ultron for mm-hmm. obvious Good. reasons. See? Because he's... We're making progress. You're getting there. We are making progress. Oh. I think I would kiss Red Tornado and, mm-hmm. and marry Vision. That was Dr. Doom. What? Red Dr. T- Doom Red... wasn't an option, was it? Red Tornado, Ultron, or Dr. Doom. Oh, okay. Let me. Did you really have that initially? Did I just, just like have not this in listen your mind? To you? you just can't even. You just can't well, even I, imagine. I thought so you you'd were kill El- being top. So you kill Ultron. I would kill Ultron. Kiss I Red Tornado and marry they... Doctor Doom. You could be Empress of a of a important, although small, Central European country. That would be you pretty know, impressive. I think maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it to shock you. And hopefully, I mean, as long as I'm faithful, I suppose that I should be pretty well protected by him. I would think so. And his doom bots. See, that what that wasn't that wasn't so hard, was it? Thanks for But playing. if Sue comes over and Uh-oh. starts saying her oh, love, I mean, I'm gonna get really? a zap, an electric zap from his metal glove. Yeah, that is tricky. Well, you know, thank you, Stella, for being a good sport. Yes, thanks for coming up with a wackadoodle game. I, I, I think now our listeners understand your unique tastes. Let's just put it that way, okay? I think it just cemented the fact that you're insane for your love of Dr. Doom. <laughs> I do not ship myself with Dr. Doom, just so you know. I think that that's a slash. It's a slash <laughs> with ship right there. What would your name be? Hmm. Victor Dr. Cheap, 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 wow. doom, quarter doom, Dr. Quarter doom. Quarter doom. That's a good one. I'm get just, it trending. I'm just saying. Hashtag quarter doom. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not get that trending. Okay. But look, we got a comic book to talk about. Okay. We sure do. 
This is the Vision and Scarlet Witch number one of 12. Mm-hmm. Cover date, October 1985. And before we get any further, let's just talk about that. So this would have come out in July of 1985. For me, that's the summer between my freshman and sophomore years in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about you? What were you doing late in the summer of 1985? I was gestating in my mother's womb. Okay, so you're saying you didn't go down to the spinner rack and take that is this correct. directly off the. That is correct. Oh boy, <laughs> kids these days, yeah. man. I mean, you're here, uh-huh. so I guess we might as well continue. But yeah, I've got I've got doubts about this. I mean the the issue had a cover price of a dollar twenty five. Ooh, meaning I acquired it for a very easy to compute eighty percent markdown. That is, if you believe, I actually got this comic for a quarter, which some people that I know, mm-hmm. whom I have occasionally considered friends in the past, mm-hmm. don't always believe. I don't. I have sent you comics that have 25 cent stickers on them and you still don't believe. No. Well, I know what your gimmick is now because sometimes you'll send full price comics or things that aren't a quarter, but you send a bunch of free comics as well. See? So if you average everything out, then they probably do come to a quarter, but you have to, you have to allocate your overhead. This is fundamental accounting. You're so deceitful. A true you are, acolyte you, of you are so distrustful. <laughs> That's the lesson here. Okay. So the cover. Yes. By Richard Howell shows our two title characters, Vision and Scarlet Witch. They're next to each other, mm-hmm. facing us in battle poses. Yep. And all we see are some ghost white hands reaching out at them. And the cover box says, Lovers and Zombies. So, what do you think of the cover? Well, for once, which it doesn't happen often, the cover actually speaks a bit about what's going to happen within the story. That's true. That was something that happened a lot in the Silver Age, but modern age doesn't frequently happen or they try to pull one over on you. So I do like that. We only got a couple of our villains in the background. Yep. Even though the cover was obviously right there, I was still shocked and surprised the first time that the zombies, you know, did pop up. (laughs) So I guess I didn't take their word for it necessarily, but I, I think it's a pretty standard cover. I mean, it doesn't necessarily yeah. blow me away, but I think it it gives you everything you need to know that, hey, this is what this story is going to be about, but we're going to be focusing on Scarlet Witch and Vision. And I do like that they're, you know, so close to each other and mm-hmm. uh, you can just tell, I think their, their closeness as well as that they're both able to fight. So she's not going to just be some damsel in distress. The couple that fights together. <gasps> something else is together that rhymes with fights so agreed agreed so uh now there are a handful of subplots going on in here stuff with the west coast avengers that's a title that launched about the same time as this maxi series but just really going to focus on the main stuff the storylines actually relating to wanda and fish and we start in upstate new york inside project pegasus Vision is being grilled by Henry Peter Gyrich, mocking the idea that Wanda is his wife. But Vision says, 
that the reason he sounds so human is because he is now a human. Wanda gives them just another hour to interrogate him, after which she will go in there and claim her husband. Time runs out. Her patience has run out. And Scarlet Witch hexes her way past a number of unbreachable locks and non-openable doors. And completely fed up with Gyrich's violation of their rights, Vision and Wanda renounce their Avengers membership, which gives us an epic splash page. Now, usually, splash pages in comic books are about action, fighting. You expect some punches to be thrown, energy beams blasting around. But uh, Stella, can you describe this splash page for us? <laughs> it's a full-bodied kiss. There's an embrace. They're inside of a, I guess, a tube, a, a, a transport tube, it yeah. looks like. And looks like there are some energy beams or something around it. But yeah, and reunited they is are smooching. Yep. This is a kissing book, everybody. I'm so glad. Man, that is why you are here. Yep. So, uh, and that is really where the true story uh, gets started. We move to Leonia, New Jersey, the same town that this couple lived in previously and had a house burned down by some anti-witch slash anti-synthesoid, you know, bigots, but defiant. They purchased a new home in the same area receiving positive support from their real estate guy, Norm. All seems to be going just fine until the zombies swarm into the backyard. Yeah. It happens. This is a standard homeowner issue. <laughs> Vision tries his phasing powers, but all that does is cause him really intense pain. Even sort of shuts off on and off over and over again. Uh, and during that time, some of the zombies attack and overcome and abduct Wanda. Vision's phasing actually gets him caught inside a zombie for a little while. Now, Wanda is taken back to the zombie's master, Black Talon, and his ally, Necra. They restrain Wanda completely so that she cannot move one little bit. Because if she can't move... She can't cast a hex. Checkmate. Now, Vision manages to overcome his pain, separate from the zombie he had been you know, sort of stuck inside, and makes it lead him to Talon's base, then disguises himself as a zombie for later purposes of infiltration. And there is one panel, one little itty-bitty panel of Star Fox flying above, He's been sent to locate Vision and Scarlet Witch for the Avengers. And somehow he misses the whole issue. He misses the heroes. He misses the villains and the zombies. How do you do that, Stella? How do you fail if you're supposedly that good a superhero? I'm not sure, but maybe he should be the one to give up his Avengers membership. <laughs> if someone is going to, I think, okay, I'm just asking yeah. the questions here. Uh, not his best moment. Now, all the while, Black Talon fails to notice that Wanda has worked one finger free, a finger free to cast the tiniest hex that she can manage, but it's a start. She works to free herself while her dreams give us about three pages of Wanda's origin story, complete with Bova the cow, the Franks, Magneto, 
and falling in love with vision hashtag romance comics month the grim reaper who talon and necra were working for he arrives for inspection he and necra also get some panels for smooching they just get like one quarter panel and then an eighth of a panel and so they don't get as much because villains but so uh, what do you it's think? It's pretty there? intense. There's some smear, serious smooches, smooching going on there. And he's one-handed. Well, you know, villains are uh, passionate people. Yes, passionately evil. Well, yes. So, uh, yes. And uh, Grim Reaper does have some interesting headgear. But we're talking a comic with Scarlet Witch. We probably don't even want to talk about strange headgear because it's it's just the whole thing i guess yeah black talons head is a little strange looking too anyway after they smooch reaper and black talon have some crosswords just as talon is about to show how well he did kidnapping the scarlet witch and ditching vision and then we get another splash page not of kissing this time though of them jumping forth into the fray ready to fight proving that the Scarlet Witch is never helpless. So that was a more traditional action-packed yes. splash page. Somewhat, you know, reminiscent of the cover. You know, they're, they are fighting together. Now, Scarlet Witch uses her powers to disrupt Black Talon's control over his zombies and gives Necra a good judo toss. But eventually she is taken down by the Grim Reaper. Vision braves the crippling pain to phase through them all to reach a tent that the Reaper's team had been protecting, and inside he is shocked to find a body resembling Simon Williams. Prior to his transformation into Wonder Man, Vision and Reaper break their standoff and exchange hostages. The villains retreat with this quote-unquote Simon body, while Vision and Wanda are reunited. The end. Or to be continued, but the well, end for that, that the purposes too. of this podcast. So just overall, big picture. Yeah. What did you think of the issue? Had you read anything from Vision and Scarlet Witch before? What's your experience? So going into it, I didn't think that I had read it, but there are certain panels, specifically when the repeat panels of Vision basically shutting down and mm-hmm. then restarting and shutting down again that I remembered. So I feel like mm-hmm. maybe I've actually read this series. I don't know if there was a special or I just got mm-hmm. it off of comiXology and things. So mm-hmm. this actually seemed really familiar, but I was happy to read it again and I enjoyed it. I liked how they gave us their background in mm-hmm. a more or less unique way because it could have, it was technically info dumped on us, right. but it was interesting and in how they were having a conversation around it with vision and he was explaining his backstory. And then with Wanda, you know, it just sort of came up naturally almost mm-hmm. like, well, let me mm-hmm. tell you about what's going on. So it was able to catch people up, which was nice. And they each do have singularly <laughs> and together somewhat convoluted histories in terms right. of both yeah. vision and Wanda, their origins have changed a couple of times over the years. So this was an attempt in 1985 to sort of, I think, try to streamline or, or to try to pull all of those origin stories and try to make them make sense and flow as one, one yeah. origin. I did have one plot issue 
And if only I had someone who did like a literature podcast, you know, someone like that can maybe help me with this. With this maybe plot. I'll pass it on to Tom. I, I'm not sure if the real estate agent was in on this plan or, or more broadly, how did the zombies know to go to that house? I'm not yeah. sure how that happened, how Black Talon learned about it. Did you have any thoughts, ideas about how the zombies part worked yeah. into the lovers part Who of the story? Was, unless they were tracking them all along, like from the very beginning, because they, right. as we can tell from, I guess, the West Coast Avengers, there was a lot of other stuff that was going on right. at the same time. So unless they were just keeping track and, and keeping tabs on Wanda and Vision, I will say that. Sorry, sorry to in, interrupt you, but it's a good <laughs> thing that Star Fox wasn't on the case of trying <laughs> Gosh, to yeah. keep, keep tracking them down. Yeah. I was just going to say that the real estate agent did seem like overly friendly, mm -hmm. that it did seem a bit suspicious of like, what's going on here? But maybe he just really is a nice guy. Guess that's possible. Yeah. Real estate salesman. I don't know. Just, I'm just <laughs> saying no judgment. I'm just judging him. I, I wasn't sure how we got from A to B to C. Yeah. in terms of the plot but it was pretty fun and i love these crazy kids despite the fact that i've long had a crush myself on wanda mm -hmm. from like that early 70s early early times of mid 70s of me seeing of them in the uh, or her in the in in avengers issues maybe yeah maybe it's the headgear maybe it's the red i i, I it. yeah he looks like a a valentine's day Something. See, I, I just always thought she was a cutie pie. So, yeah. Did uh, did you watch any of the Disney Plus WandaVision? Show? I did all of it. Yeah. And I was getting some feels from that. Like it, it felt similar to that just in how close they are. I think really mm -hmm. came through this issue. I really liked those scenes. Well, each page really in the vision at the very bottom was a, uh, a horizontal panel that would have Scarlet Witch and like she was giving them time. She's getting frustrated. Right. And then she's like, I've had enough. And, and yeah, and she goes through. So I really like those moments. And then buying the house is obviously similar to um, mm -hmm. right. what happened before. And it makes sense kind of her breakdown and later on, you know, mm -hmm. her breakdown right. just because of how much uh, she loves vision. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I got I got some feels. I, that's that's a great show. I really enjoyed that. I was watching it on my own, and then maybe the second or third uh, episode, Mrs. Quarterbin oh. wandered by, and you know, she's uh, she's uh, geek adjacent. <laughs> she's geek enabling. Okay, yeah, enabling is right. And you know, depending depending on the topic, can be can be a a, a geek herself, but just the style of the show and sort of when I explained what they were doing with each episode. She was really into that. So we went back and started and then watched okay. the whole thing together. And she really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Just thought it was, it was just so inventive. Yes, um, I would agree. And I guess, uh, see, we talk about crushes. I, I think my wife kind of likes Jimmy Woo. I'm just saying. Whoa. That was, she saw him in the, one of the Ant-Man movies too. Yeah. Oh. So she was, she was on board for that. So I'm just saying. Holding a flame. You is know, what it's called? Or that's I think, I think we're allowed to have crushes on fictional characters. I'm almost, I gotta, I gotta check the marriage vows. Okay. I'm pretty sure that I think that might be okay. I think okay. that might be okay. What if she has a crush on Alec Durbeville? Would you be okay with that? <laughs> I, I think that raises the key question, Stella. Do you, do you ship Tess with Alec or with Angel? 
know with Angel, but that's still some bad stuff goes down, as we both know. Look, if you read that novel, if you start at the end, oh my gosh, you read to the front, it has a yeah. very happy ending. Everything turns out fine. If that's the case, yeah. If you read it normally, it it's you know it's it's a little tougher. Not every novel ends with an execution, but you know some do. It happens. Yeah, like uh, Tale of Two Cities. Boy, <laughs> wasn't that uplifting too? Yeah. <laughs> you know, stories don't have to have happy endings to have good endings. That's true. I will agree with you there. Yeah. So, uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. What was your favorite shipping moment? You oh. talked a little bit about it. Yeah, I think probably when she burst in and uh, I don't know if he necessarily needed rescuing, but at least said like enough's enough. I'm going to take my husband now. And which culminated, of course, in that particular kiss, which I really loved. I think this this story also really shows or highlights how powerful Scarlet Witch is. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people might forget how powerful she is. Just like I think Sue Storm is actually really powerful, but people, either writers don't use her well or people just forget about that. But just with what she's able to do, everyone that she's passing is like, you can't get in there and she's able to do it. She just uses her pinky finger to get out and then it just grows and grows and grows. Like she's extremely Extremely powerful. powerful. Yeah. And she loves her man. She sure does. And things are not going to, mega mega bolted super doors that only opened to peter gyrich's thumbprint and yeah that's not gonna stop her nope that's not gonna stop love conquers all i think so do you find it at all strange like does it trouble you at all this relationship as it does you know some people in the in the in the actual comic world i was i was i was just in general ask you also (laughs) How are we supposed to feel about romances involving yeah. artificial people? Yeah. That's a tricky one. You, you basically have to take the comic book at face value, I think. Yeah. Visions, mind prints, upload, download of Simon Williams and the various you know, versions of, of himself that I think we're just supposed to trust that that's, that that's a human. Yeah. Though... I do understand the concern about that. Yeah, I would, too, you know, I was thinking like, what would this look like in the real world as we are? And I'm like, oh gosh, is it like a sex doll? Is it like that movie, Her, where I think right. he falls yeah, in love that, with Siri or yeah, whatever? That, that's what I was thinking of. Or Lars and the real girl. I think right. he fell in love with a, a doll. But I wonder if, and obviously this isn't from darkness to light, but I wonder if, if, vision has a soul potentially yeah yeah i I recently talked about this on an upcoming something or another where we talked about i can't remember what what episode it was of something but um this idea of uploading and downloading consciousness yeah sort of singularity sort of uh concept it's been a sci-fi trope for a long time obviously the vision picked up on that sci-fi trope early on this idea of taking an artificial being and and imprinting a human uh, personality onto it or cloning. I mean, we're sort of touching on those same, on those same issues. And, uh, and as you said, in a darkness to light sense, at what point does a, does a soul enter into that equation? I feel like 
a big point in their favor is the fact that Vision loves Scarlet Witch. Right. So if he is capable of that emotion, then I think it, he's more than just this android or this synthesoid. Mm-hmm. Because if he were just that, if he were just the shell, then he would just be not, he would receive the feeling because she's giving it to him, but he wouldn't be able to pour it out to her. Right. So I think that gives us some indication that he is and like, you know, this and something more. And and for the most part, certainly in this issue and in, in a lot of stories that portray their relationship, you know, sort of, you know, behind closed doors, they are, they appear to be as human as any other relationship. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not just something that they put on for the public. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's certainly a deep, uh, deep, deep affection going, going both ways, you know, yeah. uh, reciprocal of, and, and I think to, to some extent, a uh, you know, a, a, a sacrificial love yeah. between them, you know, they've, they have uh, sacrificed one for the other at yeah. various points in, in their relationship. And to some extent, you know, that, that is what the, the, the theme of the TV show mm-hmm. was about, was about hurt, you know, deep hurt and deep pain and, mm-hmm. and what that quest for love can drive us to do, especially if you're really, really super hex powered. Yeah. Makes it even, even, uh, even more dangerous, but. I, his death certainly was probably one of the hardest that was rough to get through yeah when watching not endgame the other one infinity war mm-hmm. so just seeing them together have you heard of any like backlash from fans like i guess newer fans who weren't aware that there was a relationship between them have you heard of anything online that like why are these two people together i have not but fortunately i, I try to stay away from that sort of stuff that's good. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. I think people yeah. completely bought into it, and I, I and think were, so. I think so. Yeah, I think in both. I mean, I think uh, especially when it got to the TV show, but in the movies as well. I think both of the actors' performances were so strong. Yeah, uh, I mean, she blew me away in the uh, Elizabeth Olsen blew yeah. me away in the TV show. I mean, she just mm-hmm. got to do so much more than she was able to in in the movies, and yeah. just bring such a, a depth and pathos yeah. uh you know to her portrayal of the character so i think in both cases you, you certainly believed you certainly believed that that they loved each other yeah and i think that the tv show is able to really show that love yeah. because their appearances together in the films were really few and far between i yeah. mean it was basically i guess it was what civil war right and then all of a sudden they're outcasts and they're like, oh, right. they're together. And then so you it's really yeah. quick, whereas you 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 don't have that build up, I guess, to see how they got together. But then you see, oh, wow, look at how powerful this relationship was and, and this love and everything in the actual mm-hmm. show. Agreed. Yeah. Just uh, in, in terms of the comic book uh, itself. Yeah. What would you think of the art? I thought it was just sort of generally average normal yeah. <laughs> kind of bland superhero art nothing yeah nothing I guess the too, house style right yeah they used to, nothing too outrageous yeah. positive or negative it was there it told the story yep we, the only other thing that i thought was yeah. interesting is the actual discussion on bigotry and i I, right. I hesitate to say discussion but at least it was brought up a couple times so i think when scarlet witch burst in and said give me back my husband 
and says something about like black people have their issue. Mutants mm-hmm. are going to have their struggles. Androids are going to have their struggles. And then of course we find out that in a hate crime, their mm-hmm. house was burned down. So we have bigotry popping up there. But w- what do you think about that? Was that dealt with well, or was it just like hop on hop off without having too much of a soapbox or commentary on it? That is part of their past to the extent that we can say it, that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that did happen in, 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 in their uh, prior, in their, uh, in, in their prior, uh, prior miniseries. And, you know, when you've got two characters who are out of the mainstream for various reasons, you know, a, a, a mutant and, uh, and a synthesoid, as like I say, you can get twice the bigotry (laughs) against that. And, um, in general, I like writing that's a little more nuanced than pounding it over the head sure. and, you know, putting that, that dialogue uh, in it uh, very specifically, but conceptually it works and it is, it is part of their story. And at least you have, I mean, the, if he's genuine, if he's being genuine, you have the realtor who's saying like, we won't, I'll protect you. We won't stand for that. We'll try right. to, yeah, make right. it better. So Always some good human being. So that is why I, I, I would prefer, until proven otherwise, that the, the real estate agency and Norm were uh, sincere and excited to welcome them back to the neighborhood and, and find a nice place for them. Yeah. Which I was it surprised. Still doesn't answer there. how the zombies got there so fast. I don't know. I'm just thinking they're tracking them the entire time. But yeah. Well, you, you know the big question. Queen of all things shipping, lover of love. What is your verdict? Was this worth was, a quarter? Yes, I do think it was worth a quarter. You know, I may have paid. It was extra length too. It was like 30 some pages too, you yes. see? So that's yeah, an even so bigger really bargain. Yeah, you're really getting your, getting your money's worth with that quarter. Yes, I do think that it was worth its weight in whatever material it's, uh, a quarter is made out of. What is it made out of? Uh, a metal of some kind. So at least it's not me knowing what it is. Okay. Some composite material. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I think it, I think it's also new reader friendly for people who may not have been super aware of who Scarlet Witch and Vision are. There are some like iffy spots of what's going on. Why is Simon Williams right. and Wonder Man like separate? What's this vendetta that's going on? Who's the brother? That kind of stuff. Even at the very end of the issue, it doesn't say, Continued in Vision and Scarlet Witch number two. Right. Says continued in West Coast Avengers number yes. two. You then it bounces go back. Yes, and then back yeah, to number to two of this it. one. Yeah, but I think it shows their genuine love and affection for one another, yeah. and how capable they both are as fighters, and then how strong they are together and working together. And I think you're absolutely right that for both of them, if there's an obstacle in between them, there's mm-hmm. nothing that will stop either of them from destroying that obstacle <laughs> to get to the other person. Amen. Agreed. You got like almost 40 pages of comics. You got love, you got romance, you got the action, you got zombies, you got real estate investing. Yep. I mean, come on. This Boy, is that's a, right up my alley. This is a quarter bin steal. Yeah. Agreed. My friend, Stella. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to have you back in the quarterback. I'm happy to be back. And as a quote from, I think, Wanda, Wanda said, women do not love men for their bodies so much as their characters. So may that be a parting thought. But but enough about Mrs. Quarterback. Okay. Um, 
so tell us all yes. about your podcasts, where we can find you on the airwaves. Too many right now. I've, I have regrets. And the all released episodes <laughs> in the last 36 hours, it seems like. Well, not outrageous. dear reader, but yeah. Outrageous. Okay. So Tom and I, Tom Paneris, who has been mentioned on this, do a monthly literature podcast, basically like a glorified book club over at the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network called Required Reading with Tom and Stella. He still won't accept a name change. So that's just what it's going to be. I mean, we're on he says, 64. He says it's branding. Wink, wink. Yeah, sure. I bet. sure yeah. it is, Tom. Sure. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you this. If yep. someone hadn't started listening to required reading, you said you would recommend they start with episode 50. Absolutely not. I never said that. I episode that 50 is Tess of the Durbervilles people. So strongly take start the only time you've had a guest on. Yeah. Because it was a 50 and a, a 10th spot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you would start. I think you well you why not start, start at number one yeah you I'd really start could, at 50 or... i'd start at 50 then go back to one yeah there's sure just like a thomas Hardy novel. <laughs> i think <laughs> work yourself work, work backwards and yes. it ends happy there's really no continuity with the show yes. i think there are times that tom and i see similar themes right. so we'll mention Your like reference. oh this is what right. we're talking about when we talk about whatever so just came out i guess this episode is coming out in february Yep, right on Valentine's Day. Oh, how nice. So Twelfth Night just released in January mm -hmm. and a separate piece. I was trying to think. A separate piece by John Knowles, which I'm leading that one, will come out in February. I so, don't remember that one really being romantic. It's not. I don't know how that happened. Mm. We should have planned that Someone well better. Have, okay, no judgment. <laughs> I don't know how that, I as we were talking, I thought, oh, no, we made a mistake, Tom. Because there's so much shipping and love triangles or quadrangles i don't know and 12th time so that's required reading i have my own podcast that's been going on for 11 plus years now called back the oracle the barbara gorn podcast this guy cheapskate has been on a couple times he talks about hair if he's not on i'll bring up the hair just for him my chief hairstylist correspondent and that's where i've just been looking at barbara gordon through the years mm -hmm. and so i started off when she first came on the page and now I'm in 2002 with the old stuff. And then now I'm doing some modern things. I usually look at Nightwing and now the Batgirls that is mm -hmm. coming out. And then finally a limited edition podcast <laughs> over at, Oh, and you can find back for the Oracle at the batmanuniverse.net. The limited edition podcast is called dear reader, a Jane Eyre podcast. And that's over at, fire and water network and so basically i've got a podcast on multiple networks so my thought is that still is going to take over podcasting and it's I, working Sorry. i was gonna Maybe say I you should marry dr doom <laughs> i was gonna say you have your claws and everything in every podcast yeah. network but you can have you know, say it however you want to yeah i guess how can i get over on the relatively geeky podcast <laughs> back stay back 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 uh, so Dear Reader is about, uh, it's examining the different adaptations of Jane Eyre. So, so far I looked at the original novel with the first episode and I've looked at silent films, kind of, I didn't get to see them, and radio productions and two modern adaptations of the novel 
And yeah, so people are really looking forward to the erotica that's coming up. You don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to be further down the line. So you will have to wait, but there's no continuity there either. So if you just mm-hmm. have an interest, then you can talk about it. Oh, I did. I walked with a zombie and um, a Star Trek stuff in this previous episode and Twitter. You can follow me at Backroll the Oracle. So I think that's it. Uh, in terms of the Jane Eyre podcast, yeah. do you have any friends who like mail you Jane Eyre related merchandise or or the content that you want to mention and maybe yes, just give sure. give them a, like a shout out for their kind <laughs> christmas presents yes <laughs> wow yes so christmas i guess beforehand i got a package from the middletons and i figure it's going to be comics but i called them on was it christmas eve yeah yeah at 9 a.m nice. I thought this is enough time, isn't it? Actually, we'll get up. Yeah, I know. Barely. They're about to begin breakfast. It was the perfect time. And so I got to sit in front of the FaceTime screen and unwrap the gifts from uh, the Middleton family. And one of them is a pencil pouch where the front, the well, what I thought was the front because it's a man on a horse and I was about to lose it because <laughs> I thought it was Alec from Tess of the Durbervilles. But then I turned it around and I was like, oh, 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 it's Jane. And the first time she met, she met Alec or not Alec. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Crossover. No, 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 Literary world needs. No, 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 no. And then he also, or they also gave me a, an adaptation of Jane Eyre. And I mm-hmm. think it cost a dollar 50. I can't remember what was written in the book, but again, deceitful. <laughs> and both of those happened on shopping expeditions with M. So M gets yeah. uh, a lot of that, a uh, star. lot of that credit as well. Though, I mean, I deserve some. I mean, just saying, I deserve some. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, as always, good to talk to you. It's good, good to, to ha- talk to you. And good to have you on the show. Yeah, it's always nice to visit you and put up with your shenanigans. You mean that in the nice way. Of course, in the nicest way possible. Good. So that wraps up our coverage of the Vision and Scarlet Witch number one, celebrating hashtag Romance Comics Month and bringing episode 179 to a close. Next time for March to celebrate Global Comics Month, we'll be covering Mobius's Airtight Garage, the Elsewhere Prince number one. From Epic Comics, cover dated May 1990. It sounds awful. You wouldn't know you don't listen. (laughs) It's about a garage. How are you going to find out? I don't know. If you have any questions or comments about this issue, the episode, any comic book with kissing, my questionable taste in guests, Mm. or the podcast in general, feel free to contact me. Until next episode, I'm Professor Allen, and I'll see you in the quarter bin. The quarter bin podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Show notes and links are available at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com, where the podcasts Uncovering the Bronze Age and Shortbox Showcase also make their home. Links to Facebook and Twitter are there as well. Feedback for the show is welcome at relativelygeeky at gmail.com. And if you like what we've got going here, please leave a review and a rating in iTunes. It'll help more people discover the show. Thanks again for listening.
think we're going to spend most of our time talking about this. Just that image. Just, just that that image. That's the highlight. Okay. That's, that's okay. It's, it's a kissing book. It is a kissing book. Yeah. Eric and whatever her name is, Kit, and Necra. Necra yep. and they get some smooching on too later. Yep. Don't Tigra you worry. And Hawkeye. Did they date at one point? They did. I, I kind of skipped over the West Coast Avengers part. Oh, you skimmed this comic book? No, I skimmed the boring parts. Oh my gosh. Is that how you do? They didn't kiss. I mean, not in this issue. I'm checking. They did hang out. Well, Tiger always looks like she's she's flirting, but uh, I think that's, that's just her. her. Pulling up my notes. I don't have too many. Just things that I thought about as I was going. Did I ever tell you Wanda was my first comic book crush? Really? Oh, yeah. How does your wife feel about such things? We watched WandaVision on TV, so it must have been okay. Did you reveal this secret to her, though? I'm at some point, I'm sure. Probably oh, no. no Probably. No, came no. Up. <laughs> Probably. Yes. When you talked about all your ex-girlfriends, you're like, okay, this is the part of our relationship where we talk about <laughs> our ex-relationships. And then you say, Sue Storm, that was a big one for me. Wanda. I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, boy. So when is the next Dear Reader coming out? What's um, it going to be? That's what I've been trying to do the second Friday mm-hmm. of the month. A Cubano-American, as mm. she styled mm-hmm. herself, has written a collection of poetry on Jane Eyre. And she oh, actually wow. like solicited it to me. She like she said, could I come on your show? As far as I'm aware, I'm the only one who's ever written any poetry. So I said, you know, send me your stuff. So I've been reading through it. So it's actually awesome. pretty good. I was concerned. I was I thought, oh, what if this isn't good? But they're actually at the good. at the end of the episode. Do you grade it? Do you I'm assign a le- do- letter no. grade letter grade to it? No, that would be- okay, no. Oh, I do. I'm oh, that's saying. a good question, though, because of my rubric, the rubric I go through. But I can't oh. really do that. Does this have the spirit of Jane or the law of Jane? Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. But does she talk about the friend? I haven't. Yeah, I've talk, written that I down. Mean, Helen gonna... hasn't popped up yet, so I'll be interested. Mm, yeah. What What about spiritual aspects of Jane? I know that's part of it. You're you. I know you're a tough grader. I know I am. Oh man, is everyone doing okay in your family? So far, okay. so far. Staying Co- away from people, putting on hazmat suits to go to church. Well, COVID has a. Uh... It's been circling, you know, like it does, yeah. you know, friends of friends and close contacts and all of that, but nothing, we haven't, we haven't gotten any, any yet, not, uh, none of us. So. And uh, we are, fingers crossed, if all things work out still, we're planning to travel to Los Angeles in February Wow! for the Doctor Who convention. And we're going to, we're going to see Shag. Wow. That's a bunch of nothing i don't even know what a who is you ready i think so i am gonna bring us in bring us back bring us back from commercial break